Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. All right, well, good morning, good morning, good morning to everybody here at The Rock of Gainesville. Aren't you glad to be here today? Come on, somebody, you got to do better than that. Aren't you glad to be here today? All right, thank you so much for being here. If you're in the auditorium, we obviously welcome you here at The Rock of Gainesville. If you're watching us online, we say hello to you. Thank you, Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne, for the opportunity to share the word today. Come on, guys. It is December. Where has 2022 gone? Come on. Now, we say that all the time, don't we? So I am not going to say, where has 2022 gone? I'm not going to say that, but we got to ask ourselves the question, man, the year has flown by. Now, I think all of us will agree, it's been a challenging year, but God's faithful, amen? Come on, give Jesus praise this morning. God is faithful in everything that he does. But we are here in December at the end of the year, and you know what? If you've been around here for a little while, if you haven't, let me just go ahead and give you a heads up. December at the Rock of Gainesville is an absolute blast. We have a good time. Come on, you got to wake up now. Reach over and, and hit somebody and wake them up and just agree with me. December is a blast, right? It is. Just, well, I and mean, we'll talk more about that at the end of the service of all the things that are coming up this month. But we have just a great time around here during the month of December. And during closed traffic today, we'll give you a good heads up about what that is. But let me just go ahead and confess to you. I love December and I love Christmas. It's a great time of the year. It was my dad's favorite time of the year. So it's one of my favorite times of the year. And I I love everything about it. I, I love the, let's get it out of the way. I love the gifts. And if you have anything to drop off, 11630 Northwest 16th place, you got anything to drop off, that'll be fine. I love the gifts. I love the music. I love the lights. I love the hot chocolate. I love the Christmas cookies. Come on. I love everything about it. And I stand here and just think about enjoying the Christmas season as much as I do. And I got to be honest, a part of me really wants to channel Jamie Chung Yu. And in the middle of my message, just bust out in a Christmas carol. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Joy, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart. But let's be honest. I know myself well enough that if I'm going to channel anybody, it's not going to be Jamie Chung Yu. Oh, 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 I have a blue, a blue Christmas without you. It's just, it's, it's just going to come out. I, I know that it is. Enough of that. But I, I just, I love Christmas. But you know what? There's, there's all kinds of different things out there that we can do to address Christmas. The same message, Jesus was born in a manger but rose to be a conquering king. 
And there's all kinds of different ways to talk about that. And we're going to start a series for Christmas today, actually, with me. And different guys will be coming up in here uh, and ministering on different parts of it. And if I was going to be honest with you, it's a probably a little bit of a different slant of how we've gone about uh, sharing the Christmas message. It's fantastic, but it just comes at it from a little bit of a different perspective. And where it kind of comes from, guys, is we, we looked around at this beautiful, these beautiful coastal decorations. Don't you love these? Oh, come on, give it up for Pastor Suzanne and Miss Karen and Heather Quarles and Pastor Tad and Melly and uh, Jim Deason. And I know I'm, no, I'm probably leaving out about 20 people, but they did a phenomenal job of, hey, can I give my man PT some props? Huh? Listen to this. We are, I don't know where this came from, but I, I got to, he was going to show the video when he backed out, uh, and I don't blame him. But we're in like the last couple of hours of decorating. And Pastor Tad is 25 feet in the air, and he's hanging that octagon thing there, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, I'm walking this way with my back to him, and I hear, ah! And all of a sudden, all I can think of is he has fallen off the scaffolding. So I was afraid to turn around. So I turned around, and that beautiful ornament right there was on the floor in about a thousand pieces. How many of you know you cannot keep Tad Everett Miller down? Him and Jim Deason took that thing, took it to the back of, in the multi-purpose room, and in about two hours had it put back together and back on the wall after it had been in a thousand pieces. Give it up for Tad Everett Miller. Unbelievable. So anyway, back to my, my point here. I, we started looking at this beautiful coastal theme, and one of the points of the coastal theme is this. It is the season, S-E-A, S-O-N, season, to, uh, to see Jesus. Tis the season. And so we started talking about it, and we decided that as we talked about that, what we wanted to do was we wanted to do a series titled Seeing the Sun. Now listen to Pastor Ron. Not just seeing the sun as a baby in a manger, as important as that is. That's the catalyst for everything we're going to talk about. But not just seeing the sun as a baby in a manger, but seeing the sun, listen to me now, in every area of our life. Because Jesus came as a baby in a manger. He did not stay there. I come as a baby in Christ, but I don't stay there. I grow into the nurture and the admonition of my Lord. And that's kind of how we want to look at our Christmas series this year, seeing the sun in every season of our lives. Now, we're going to use as a backdrop the four cups of Passover. Now, when I say that, right away your thought might be, what does Passover have to do with Christmas? It has everything to do with Christmas. It has, let me say it one more time so you can say, yeah, it has everything to do with Christmas. And you're going to see that because here are the four cups of Passover. The four cups of Passover, sanctification, deliverance, redemption, and restoration and praise. I can't wait till we get right here 
Pastor George is doing that one, and it is going to make you shout. Go ahead and shout right now. It is going to make you shout. There is a point there that will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up if you're saved. Unbelievable. Look at this. Sanctification, deliverance, redemption, and restoration. And what this has to do with Christmas, Jesus coming into the world, this represents every season of our lives. Sanctification and salvation. I get saved. I become a follower of Christ. I get delivered from my past. I get redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And then I have restored everything to me the enemy has tried to steal from me. Everything comes back into my possession because Jesus is walking with me through that season of life. Let me give you a statement that my dear friend Pastor Hector gave me, and it it really sums up what I'm talking about when I say, what does this have to do with Christmas? Here it is. Upon his his arrival, came as a baby, upon his arrival, we get to see the sun in every season of our life. Come on, how many times have you been in a season in your life? You need to see Jesus. You've been walking through something, you've got to see Jesus. You've got to experience the power of His anointing. You've got to experience the power of His atonement. You've got to experience the power of His deliverance. You've got to experience the power of redemption. I'm in a season of my life to where all I can cry out is, God, I need you, and He shows up. So when I look at this, what I see is upon His arrival, we see these different seasons of our life, and that's how we're going to look at it. We're going to start right here with sanctification with Pastor On. There's two parts of sanctification. There are two definitions. There is positional sanctification and progressive sanctification. Now, let me get a little theological for about two minutes because it really sets the stage for you and I. Positional sanctification is simply this. God's gift of redemption to us, whereby we receive His gift of salvation. I become a follower of Christ. I accept Him as my Lord and my Savior, my Savior and my Lord, and I start my walk. Listen to Pastor Ron. I start my walk as a baby in Christ, but I don't stay there. Jesus came as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, but He did not stay there. He became the Messiah and Lord of our lives. So it may begin right here, but I don't stay there because it goes to this. It goes to progressive sanctification. I accept Christ. He becomes my Savior. But then here it goes. The progressive definition of sanctification is this. The people of God being separated from the world, becoming, everybody say it out loud. I'll say it out loud. Say it one more time. Becoming like Christ. There is a progressive movement of my growth in the things of God. I accept Him as my Savior, but then I get out of that cradle as a baby in Christ, and I begin to grow up in the full nurture and admonition of my Lord and my Savior. So I grow up in God. Now, what does that have to do with these different seasons of our life? And, listen to me now, the cup of sanctification. Now let me tell you real quickly don't get caught up too much today or the next couple of weeks when we use the word cup, okay? A cup just simply represents a a moment, 
an experience, a season, a time. That's really all it represents. So when you hear me or one of the other guys use the word cup, understand what we're talking about is a season in our lives. And so when I look at this, when I look at the seasons of a man's life, what I understand is this, the book of Romans does an incredible job of breaking down the seasons of our life. Now, when I look at these cups or these seasons in the book of Romans, here's what I come to understand. Most of them ain't pretty. If I can say it that way, Mr. and Mrs. English teacher, most of them ain't pretty. And you know what? Most of our lives pre-Jesus wasn't very pretty. He came in and made all things new. So most of my life wasn't pretty, but Jesus didn't turn his back on me. He didn't give up on me. He walked through even, ooh, he walks through even the ugly seasons of our life with us. Why? What is he doing? He's drawing you unto him. And I'm going to show you that in Scripture in just a moment. The different cups that are shown in the book of Romans. The four cups in the book of Romans show the different seasons of a man's life. And here's the first one, the cup of fury. The cup of fury. The rebellious pleasure seeker. Come on now, be honest with Pastor Ron. How many of you have been in that season of your life before? the rebellious pleasure seeker. It's all about feeding that insatiable appetite for pleasing yourself. Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32 says this, they suppressed the truth and they were given over to their wickedness. That's the theme of this particular part of Scripture. They suppressed truth. They knew truth. Truth was hitting them right between the eyes. It was all around them, but I don't want that truth right now because I want to make me feel good. Come on now. We've been in that season of life. We've been in that season of life. I want to make me feel good. And if I give in to those things of God, oh, so here's what I want to do. I want to indulge myself and disregard God. Now we've been in that season of life and what does it do? It causes us to have, listen to me now, to have fury. How many of us have been away from God, and we experience that cup of fury. What does fury create in you? Tension, turmoil, lack of satisfaction, loneliness, pain. Oh, I know. Because what is it? It's the exact opposite of everything that God brings in. What does God bring in? Joy, peace, and contentment. And when I disregard God, I've got a lot of wrath. I've got a lot of fury. I've got a lot of anger, but I've got no peace. So the cup of fury is the first one that's shown to us in the book of Romans. The second one is the cup of judgment. The judgmental commentator. Here's what we do, guys. Here's what I've done. I'll just use me as an example. We point our finger at everybody else and everything else because if I'm looking at you, I'm not looking at me. If I'm looking at your faults, I don't see mine. If I'm looking at your shortcomings, I don't see mine. If I'm looking at your anger, I don't see mine. So what I do is I judge everything else. Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 says, they knew God, but they glorified Him not. And so they, listen to me now, powerful word here, guys, don't miss this. They knew God, but they ignored Him. And here's what happens. They were given 
over to their reprobate mind. I'm all about I'm all about me, so I'm disrespecting God's values. I'm disrespecting God's values by, and the way I'm doing it, I'm just saying, man, look at what you're doing. Because if I'm saying, look at what you're doing, I'm not seeing what I'm doing. And so I can disrespect God's Word and kind of feel like I'm getting away with it when in reality, come on now, we're not. Thank God we're not. Because the wonderful, loving Father we serve is always drawing us in. And He's showing us our shortcomings and our failures so that He can show us, what does the Bible say in Hebrews? A more excellent way. Come on, somebody. A more excellent way. So we have a disrespect of God's values. The third cup of Romans. Here it is, the cup of desolation. Man, how many of us, me especially, have been right here, the religious legalist. Man, pastor did such a great job last week. Come on, give it up for PG. Come on. Did such a great job. And I told him, I told him so much of what he was saying last week really sets the stage for the things I want to talk about today, because here's what he addressed a couple of times last week, that it is, come on, man, it is by grace I'm saved. Not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't do enough. I can't act enough. I can't say enough. I can't perform enough. I can't serve enough to come into the things of God. All I've got to do is accept His justification and His redemption freely. But I come through a stage of my life, the cup of desolation. I also call it the cup of isolation. The religious legalist. Romans chapter 3, it says that we are justified, ooh, we are justified freely, not by our works, but by God's gracious redemption. Give Jesus praise today. Come on. I am free by His gracious redemption. But here's what happens. I go through that season of my life to where I think I can do enough to follow Christ. I'm fooling myself, but I think I can do enough to follow Christ. So my idea is I can save myself. I don't need God. I don't need you. I don't need the church. I don't need religion. I don't need the Bible. Why? I can save myself. I can be a good enough person to make it to heaven. Lie, 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 lie. Right here in Romans, it says it, guys, very clearly. It says, I am not declared righteous by the law. I am declared righteous by His love and mercy. I'm declared righteous by His love and mercy. Now listen to me. Let's make a little shift because enough of the ugly stuff. This is where we would all would be if it wasn't for the cup of sanctification. This is where we would all be. We would all be because we're self-preserving people by nature, this is where we would be. I am the captain of my ship. I am the master of my fate. I can take care of myself. I can save myself. I can do it all on my own. And this would be where we would be if it wasn't for the cup of sanctification. We would have missed it. Now, let me blow your mind for just a second. How could we miss it, Pastor Ron? Well, Jesus almost missed it. Oh, I don't know if I like your theology, PR. Well, what did he say? 
in one of his most desolate hours, in one of his most barren hours, in one of his most lonely hours, what did he say? If there's any way this cup could pass from me, let it be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. So his cup came to a place of Jesus saying, oh, let this cup, let this period, let this position, let this moment pass from me. No, 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 no. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do. Come on now to honor the Father. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to honor Jesus. And so we experience the cup of sanctification, the grace-driven believer, because he did not let it go by. He accepted the assignment that he had and did not let it go by. We experience the cup of sanctification, the grace-driven believer. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 25, I am justified freely by his grace and mercy. So what do I do? I grow in God's grace. I come into this thing through my salvation. I come into this thing as a babe in Christ, but I don't stay there. I grow in the grace and the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, you guys know that I'm a question asker. Is there such a word? Oh, there is now. I ask questions. So let me ask you a question. How? How do I go from these cups that are kind of ugly? They're not pretty. They're challenging. They're hurtful even to listen to. How do I go from these cups of fury, these cups of judgment, these cups of desolation to the cup of sanctification? Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1, arise and shine for your light has come. And what I love about this messianic prophecy, it talks about Jesus coming not just as a babe in a manger. It talks about him coming as the deliverer of Israel. He's going to come as a baby in a manger, but he is going to be with Israel through every season of their lives. And so I'm going to come to my knowledge of him as a baby in Christ, but he's going to be with me in every season of my life. Ephesians chapter 2. Pastor gave us this one last week, so I had to give it to you again because it's so perfect to what we're talking about. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near. Sanctification, saved, salvation, redemption. You've been brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I understand that Jesus comes as a babe in a manger, but he also comes, come on now, as the Savior of all of mankind. And he brings me near to experience his glory and his power and his presence. So what I've got, and, and the reason, one of the reasons I, I referenced Pastor is because, he, you know, he was talking last week about grace and truth, grace and truth, grace and truth. Guys, there's no way I'm going to experience the power of progressive sanctification without grace and truth. It takes grace. It takes truth. It takes grace. It takes truth. It takes truth. It takes grace. They've got to go hand in hand. And when those two go hand in hand, I grow in Jesus. I get out of my immature baby stages, my take care of me stages, watch over me stages, and I grow up 
to be a man or a woman of God to the full measure of maturity. Come on, somebody. Because I'm brought near. Now, what I've got to ask you is this. We've talked about kind of the ugly cups, if I can say it that way. We've talked about the challenging cups, and we've talked about how this happens. What does it do in your life and my life as we watch Jesus, who was baby in a manger, to literally become conquering king, operate in your life and my life? Here's what we have to understand. The continuous work, progressive sanctification, the progressive work of sanctification in all areas of my life causes me to understand this. I love this, guys. God's love does not change. His love doesn't change. He changed. We, seasons of life changed. Look, understand, you know this, the seasons of life change. Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The seasons of life changed. Jesus changed. He went from baby to full-grown man, but his character never changed. His integrity never changed. His, his assignment never changed. His calling never changed. His power never changed. We'll talk about that later. God's love never changes. Why? Because of the work of sanctification. Look at this. Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds. Did you read this this morning, Pastor Suzanne? Is this the one you read this morning? Yeah, I thought it. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. How many of you have ever been in a season of your life where you're terrified? Fear, worry, anxiety, scared, nervous, just got a bad diagnosis, got all kinds of things coming against you just got a bad credit report, just got a bad marriage report, just got a bad report of life, and all of a sudden you're wondering, what do I do? And you're terrified, and Jesus shows up in that season of your life and says, don't be afraid. Come on, somebody. Man, you missed a good place to shout. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people, because today in the city of David, the town of David, a Savior has been born. You know what I love about this? It doesn't say a baby has been born. Come on now. doesn't say a baby has been born. We know a baby has been born. That's not how Jesus is addressed at his birth. He is addressed as Savior has been born. To you, he is Messiah and the Lord. Man, I love that. He is Messiah and the Lord. So what I understand is this. His love doesn't change. So what does David say? I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. Love forever. Within my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all, come on, say it out loud, all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever and that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. See, because of the work of sanctification. That's not just a season. God's love doesn't just come real to you and I in a season. God's love shows up in your life every day. Come on now. God's love shows up in your life every day. His peace shows up in your life every day. 
His joy can show up in your life every day. His comfort can show up in your life every day. It's not just when you call out and say, God, I need your presence. His presence is always there. All I've got to do is walk in it and enjoy it because he will never leave me nor forsake me. His love is always there. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. Here's what I love about God's love. Come on now. God's standard forgiving love is that he never asks for anything in return. Came as a baby in Bethlehem. And he didn't come as a, he, let me say it this way. He came as a baby in Bethlehem knowing that he was going to fulfill his missional mandate and that there would be people that would not love him back. And he did it anyway. He did it anyway, knowing that he may not get love back. What does the Bible say? For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave, knowing he may not get back. He gave his only son that whosoever believes in him will have what? Eternally life. He gave, knowing that he may not get it back. That's his standard of love. Number two, the continuous work of of sanctification in all of our lives is this, God's power doesn't change. God's power does not change. I love this, I guess we call this a Christmas scripture, I really don't know. It's a messianic prophecy, but it's one of my favorites. So let me give it to you, Isaiah chapter nine, verse six. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Look at what it does not say. It doesn't say, for unto us a mighty warrior is laying there in swaddling clothes. It's not what it says. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Here we go now. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called, watch this now, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father. Come on now. Mighty God, everlasting father. Mighty, everlasting Mighty, everlasting. Why? Because his power is the same today as it was when he laid in that manger 2,000 years ago, and he is capable of doing the same thing for you today that he's done through all generations. Why? He doesn't change. He doesn't change. His power doesn't change. He is wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Understand this principle right here. Your, my greatest challenge may be God's greatest platform to display His power and glory. My greatest challenge may be God's greatest opportunity to show off it may be God's greatest opportunity to show off. My greatest challenge, my greatest, let me say it this way. My greatest challenging season, because that's what we're talking about. My greatest challenging season may be God's greatest platform to display His power and His glory. Let me ask you a question. What kind of season are you walking through right now? Are you walking through a season of hurt? 
Are you walking through a season of disappointment? Are you walking through a season of rejection? Are you walking through a season of illness? Are you walking through a season of pain? Are you walking through a season of depression? Are you walking through a season of anxiety? Are you walking through a season where you feel like everything and everybody in the world has turned their back on you? It is God's greatest platform to show you He has not left you nor forsaken you, and His platform is there to show you that He loves you and He will walk with you through this season. Not going to walk away from you, but we'll walk with you. The next thing, and I'm almost done, the continuous work of salvation in all areas of our life, God's mission for the church hasn't changed. Listen, guys, the church of Jesus Christ is not in baby stage. It's not in baby form. And Jesus did not come as a baby in a manger to create something that is filled with a bunch of isolated people. A bunch of, a group. He didn't come as a baby in a manger to rise up as conquering king so that there would be this group of people. He came as baby in a manger to be conquering king to establish the greatest organism known to mankind. It's called the Church of Jesus Christ, and it's not in baby form. It is a moving, functioning body of believers that's going to change the world through His power and through His love. Not a bunch of loners. Isolation leads to desolation. That's what I said a minute ago. Isolation leads to desolation. Look at this right here. The mission of the church hasn't changed. When they had seen Him, they spread the word. Mission of the church. They spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They were amazed. They, they, look, come on, let's be real. There's a baby laying in a manger. And they go see the baby, and it's a baby. Come on, get this in your mind's eye. They go in there, and, and they didn't go, oh, look at the little baby. Gucci, gucci, goo. Come on, let's be honest. All of us have seen a baby after it's born. If it's your baby, that's the most beautiful thing that's ever been known to mankind. If it's not, it looks like a lizard. Come on. They didn't walk in there and say, oh, look at this gorgeous baby. It's no, they walked in and were amazed. Why? Because they knew they weren't just looking at a baby. They were looking at the Savior of the world. And he was going to lead the greatest organism known to mankind, the church of Jesus Christ. And they were amazed. But here's what you and I have got to understand, because the church is not in baby form. So we've got to rise up and accept our missional mandate. And we're going to do that accepting of that assignment by understanding this. The church today has got to let go of old mindsets, embrace worship, and enter into the promises of God in ways we've never thought possible.
new wine in new skins because his assignment has not changed. His mission hasn't changed. His objective hasn't changed. And so what I have to understand is that the church has got to rise up. Come on now, somebody, and be the church. Last one, and I'm done. The continuous work of salvation in all areas of our life continues as God and God's offer of forgiveness doesn't change. His offer of forgiveness doesn't change. It wasn't like it was open to me for just a moment in time and if I don't if I miss the boat I'm in big trouble. Now his offer of forgiveness doesn't change. Look at the Bibles in Luke chapter 2 it says this, today in the town of David a savior. Say it out loud. Say it one more time. It doesn't say a baby was born. It says a Savior was born. He came as baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, but he was recognized as Savior of the world and has been born, and he is the Messiah and the Lord. And his forgiveness, his life, his love, his power, his grace, his embracing of you, even when I was in sin, uh, still loved me. When I was in sin, still loved me. Why? His forgiveness hasn't changed. I want this to encourage you as I close right now. As a forgiven, forgiven son or daughter, I am justified, cleansed, and washed clean. This is the greater reality than my sinful past or my challenging future. My sinful past was a season I walked through, and if, if you accepted Christ, you had one of those sinful pasts. It was a season you walked out of. And if you're here today, face it, one way or the other, you're going to have a challenging future. That's just the way it is. But my sinful past, ooh, you gotta get this as I close. My sinful season, my challenging season can not compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Can't compare. Can't compare to the power of God's love and forgiveness. Why, Pastor On? Because upon his arrival, let me say it again, upon his arrival. We have the pleasure, the opportunity, the privilege of seeing him active in every season of our life. Came as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, went to be conquering king, and everything in between. He arrived, grew, and conquered. And he's living and active in every season of your life. And so what do we get to do? We get to grow up in God and enjoy His presence. And regardless of the season of your life, and I have no idea what you're sitting there you know, going through today. I'm sitting here looking at you eyeball to eyeball, and I know there are seasons represented in this room that could be one of those cups we talked about, could be one of those seasons we talked about. 
could be one of those periods of time, those moments, those experiences that we talked about. Regardless of the season of your life and my life, He came as a baby and conquered death and the grave so that you and I could have life and have it more abundantly. Give Jesus praise today. Come on. Bow your head with me, if you will. Father, I thank you today for this wonderful body of believers. Father, and I thank you for our gathering today and the opportunity and privilege to share your word in your house. And I thank you, Lord, for the principles of your word that ring so true in our lives. We're going to go, we have been through, we're going to face different seasons and challenges of our lives. But we stop and say, thank you, Father, for sending Jesus as that baby in a manger to not stay in that manger in Bethlehem, but grow to the full measure and stature, as the Word says, to become that conquering King and Messiah and Lord, so that as we are in these different seasons of our life, we know that we're not walking through them alone. Because again, Lord, as I've said a couple of times now, you have not left us nor forsaken us. And Father, as I pray over the people here today, I understand, Lord, that there may be someone that's in a season of life that would say, Pastor Ron, I'm in that season of life where it is lonely, it is empty, it is full of fury, it is full of judgment, it's full of desolation, and I've, I've withdrawn, I've pulled back. There's a season to where I feel like I am rejected, I feel like the whole world's against me, and I'm walking through this thing by myself. And now I realize that that season does not have to continue, but can end today because Jesus came as a baby to go to the cross and die and give his life so that I could have life. And Father, I pray over them that they will have the courage, the understanding, the ability to say right now, I want to end this season and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And that sinful past that Pastor Ron talked about is wiped away and all things are made new. And even though I may chase or I find a challenging future, I won't do it any longer by myself. And I want to accept Jesus Christ today and end this season of fury. If you, that's you today and you would say, Pastor Ron, pray for me. Body of believers, pray for me that my season of life will change because I am stepping out now and saying, I want to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Would you please pray for me? If that's your request or your ask, put your hand up right where you are. Yes, 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 thank you. Put your hand up right where you are, just long enough for me to be able to see it. Yes, thank you. What, and it, just for a second longer. You say, I just want to accept Jesus as my Lord and in this tumultuous season, yes, that I've been going through. Thank you, sir. In this tumultuous season that I'm going through and accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. The Bible, Jesus makes it so clear, so plain. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died and rose again, you shall 
be saved. And instantaneously, all those old things are wiped away. So that's all I'm gonna ask you to do. We're gonna lead you in prayer. We're gonna all pray together. And as we do that, I want you to pray out loud with everybody else and just mean it in your heart. It's all you gotta do. And as you do that, that season of fury will end in Jesus' name. Let's pray together right now out loud. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, to be my Savior and my Lord. I declare, I make a statement that I've been that living my life on my own. I've been that one that was convinced I can save myself. I recognize today that's not me. I need Jesus to come into my life, wash me clean, make me new, and end this crazy cycle that I'm on and set my life in order, in peace, in joy. Because that season of fury, that season of religion is ending right now in Jesus' name. Father, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior and make a declaration that I want to follow him all the days of my life. Come on, give Jesus praise today. Stand with me if you will. Prayer team, come on down front and spread out across the front. We're gonna take some time to worship God. We're gonna take some time to minister to you, love on you, pray with you. And if you're here this morning for any particular reason of a season you're walking through, you have a need in your life because of the season you're facing, these wonderful people are here this morning to get an agreement with you and pray over you and pray with you. And so as Pastor Jamie leads the prayer team, what I want you to do is just step out, come down, and let these folks know what's going on in this season of your life. And we will do our best to pray with you. Now, let me just say something real quickly before Jamie starts. If you made any kind of decision for Christ today, please don't walk that out by yourself. Let us know and let us do everything we can to walk that out with you. Go to our webpage or go to email nextstepattherockonline.org and someone will be there to walk your new life in Christ out with you. Do that, okay? We certainly want to be able to do that with you. All right, so if you have a need in your life, any season of your life, and you want these guys to pray with you, come on down as Jamie leads us. Jamie, go ahead. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. Thank you.